the rest of the service today knowing what I just shared with you about Pete Rose's ambition for one more silly baseball game. Come on. Man, if a man would do that for a baseball game, what should we be doing for a church service? Huh? How should we approach coming to the house of God but with the same zeal and fervor and hunger and ambition? Praise God. Amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Say this with me, would you? This is the day. Let's say it. Come on, I need some male help or some... some some uh, vehemence in those voices, some bass, all right? This is the day. This is the day. That the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. Do you really believe that? I believe it. If you do, let's have church like we mean that today, all right? Let's pay attention to the preacher. Let's invest in what he's come to say. Let's invest in what he's bringing today. Well, he's preaching to all the new ones. You shouldn't think that way. If he's preaching to me, he's guaranteed he's preaching to you today. But the church will come and deliver your heart to it. You may be seated. A week ago tomorrow, around 10.30, my wife was in considerable pain. Doctor came in and took one look at her, examined her groin area and her stomach area and turned to the nurse and said, we have to get another CT scan. And uh, my granddaughter, Kara, and I thought while they're doing that, we'll go get something to eat. Uh, she was in pain, but she was talking, you know, coherent. And uh, about maybe an hour later, we walked into the hospital and was met by her hospitalist and Dr. Taylor, the surgeon took us into a side room and said, we have to do emergency surgery on your wife as soon as possible to save her life. I walked into that room and she was laying there, almost comatose, what they call sedate, very deeply sedated. <clears throat> and just before they took her, the surgeon handed me a paper and it had, I don't know, 10 or 12 things on it, percentages of this, this happening. My, my mind was captivated by the last thing. Chances of this person coming through this surgery, 49%. She came through, I don't know, six, six and a half hours surgery. He said, now the next 12 hours are very, very critical. She survived those 12 hours. All right. Amen. I said she survived her 12 hours. Tuesday, she started progressing and going in the right direction. The surgeon kept telling us, you know, she's, she's walking the edge of a knife and the least little thing could push it off to the wrong side. Amen. But... <clears throat> She is with us today, not physically, but spiritually. And so in, in Luke chapter 15, Jesus gives three parables, three stories about something that was lost. There was a lost sheep. And the shepherd didn't go to other shepherds and other people and say, come on, help me, help me look for my sheep. He went out by himself and searched until he found the sheep. But when he got home, he didn't say, well, nobody helped me go look. Amen. No. I mean, he started going to his friends, his neighbors, and telling them, hey, my sheep that was lost, I found it. Would you come and rejoice with me? Amen. The woman that lost the coin, she didn't get the other ladies in her area and say, come, help me look. She looked herself. But when she found the coin, she went to her friends and neighbors and said, let's get together. Let's have a party. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, friend, it wasn't your wife. It wasn't your mother. It wasn't your grandmother. It was mine. Hallelujah. And I'm sure you can't feel like I felt. But I'm asking some people at Palmer Pentecostal Church today, would you just help me rejoice? Would you just help me rejoice here today? Oh, thank you, Jesus. 
Pastor preached such a phenomenal message. <laughs> Excuse me. About being between the. Anybody remember? A rock and a hard place. Wow. Of course, his main character was one of my favorite, David. And I knew I was preaching today here, and about just shortly into that message, God gave me what I was going right. to preach on today. Right. So today I'm bringing to you, between a rock and a hard place, part two. Part two. All right. Between a rock and a hard place, part two. Amen. I turn your attention to Matthew chapter 5. Verse 10. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. God bless you. You may be seated. I wonder if the Lord had David in mind when he said those words. wonder <laughs> because boy they sure fit this portion of David's life as pastor said for many anywhere from 12 to 15 years being chased like a dog <clears throat> and the question comes to mind how did uh, how did the poster child the uh, hero of Israel 
I mean, can you begin to imagine what happened right, right after David killed Goliath? The great victory that was won. And maybe many people didn't know who the young shepherd lad was. When the sun came up that day. But I guarantee you by the time the sun went down. His name was on the lips of just about everybody in Israel. And how he, how he had, had defeated Goliath was you know wow. You mean he actually went out on the battlefield to, to face this giant, this, this professional soldier right. with, with, without a sword, without a spear, right. with, with, with just a slingshot? Come on. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, and the Philistines are looking and the armies of Israel's looking and, you know, all they see is David's arm going like this and, Amen. And then a few seconds later, as Goliath is charging at David, he suddenly stops. And he stands there a few seconds and starts to sway and, and, and starts to stumble and then falls to the ground. And everybody's looking. And David goes up and takes his own sword and cuts his head off. How in the world? Did he go? From being the hero. The star. Come on. The top soldier in Saul's army. Right. How did he go from that to being the most wanted man in Israel? Right. The son-in-law of the king. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the starting of it. And the women answered one another, and they as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands. Saul was just wow. But then they added this. And David, his ten thousands. And the attitude and the spirit of this backslidden king. Instead of saying, yeah, that's my son-in-law. That's the top man in my army. That's the hero of Israel. Instead of having that kind of attitude. Saul was very wroth. The saying displeased him. And he said... They have ascribed unto David ten thousands. To me they have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more but the kingdom? His attitude, his spirit stunk. Here. Young stripping of a lad saved the country from their most dreaded enemy. And instead of putting him on a pedestal and instead of singing his praises, jealousy. You know the story. Different times he flung his javelin at David and tried to kill him. David has to plead for his life. He didn't have the area of the United States. He didn't have the area of Russia. He had this small, small country where he could try to find somewhere where he could hide and dwell safely. And as Pastor so vividly told us, you know, the the, the, physi- the, the physical part of it, you know, just had to wear on him physically. But the mental part, friend, uh, we can't begin to imagine 
every day of his life for these 12 to 15 years. Amen. As his eyes came open, one of the first thoughts that come, well, I wonder if I'll be able to lie down and go to sleep tonight. Surely there were questions that came. He was just as human. So many times we take our Bible heroes and we 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 put them way up here and we we look at them as Superman, you know, or some, you know, whatever. No, he was just as human as you, and he was just as human as I am. And how many times he thought of that day when he walked into the room where his father and his brothers were, and Samuel was there, and he's wondering what why, why am I here? And the great prophet Samuel walks up to him and just in my mind's eye, maybe it didn't happen this way, but I just see David almost out of fear sinking to his knees and bowing his head. Amen. And then he feels oil being poured on his head. And it comes down around his ears and around his eyes and nose and lips and drips off his chin. And the words he hears of the great prophet telling him, you are the next king of Israel. <laughs> the next king of Israel. And as I said at the close of that service, and the Bible said, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Amen. He had had an experience with God. He knew who God was. He had written songs and songs. But there was something special about that oil being poured over his head. The anointing oil. Can I just pause here? There is something special about the precious anointing oil of the Holy Ghost that comes upon his people. Amen. Oh, yes, there is. It's an experience, friend, that can't be told in words. It's joy unspeakable. It's full of glory. Every day, every day, what does it talk about the citizens of Caleb? Did you just talk about that the other day? Yeah. You know where that is? I thought I had it written down here. But how fickle mankind can be. You know, they're singing the praises of David, the populace, holding him up. Amen. But then, at this particular time, they... 23.12, Samuel. 1 1 Samuel, 23.12. People turn against him. <laughs> People who he thought were his good, good friends. He didn't hear from them. There were no greetings. There was no encouragement. Come on. One man. One man. Remains his true true friend the son of Saul Jonathan oh thank God for one good friend you know somebody said you know acquaintances I can fill sheets with friends I can count probably true friends on, on one hand amen thank God for true friends that when the chips are down, amen, to let them know, hey, I'm still with you. I'm behind you. Why is this happening? I, well, I, I really can't explain, but I want you to know I'm with you. I'm praying for you. <laughs> but 
Yeah. David. They told David, saying, Behold, the Philistines fight against Caleb. They robbed the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and smite these Philistines? And the Lord said unto David, Go and smite the Philistines. Save Caleb. David's men said unto him, Behold, we be afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we come to Caleb against the army of the Philistines? And David inquired of the Lord yet again. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Caleb. For I will deliver the Philistines into thine hand. So David and his men went to Caleb, fought with the Philistines, brought away their cattle, and smote them with a great slaughter. So David saved the inhabitants of Caleb. Can you imagine? Imagine the, the joy in their hearts. And, oh, David, 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 we're so thankful. It was told Saul, David was come to Caleb. Saul said, God hath delivered him into my hand, for he is shut in by entering into the town that hath gates and bars. Saul called all the people together to war to go down to, to, to Caleb to besiege David and his men. David knew that Saul secretly practiced mischief against him. And he sent Abathar, the priest, bring hither the ephod, then said David, O Lord God, thy servant hath certainly heard that Saul seeketh to come to Caleb to destroy the city for my sake. Now get this. Will the man of Caleb deliver me up into his hand? The city that I have saved, the people that I have saved, the children and everything and the livestock and the great thing that I did for them that I have saved... Will the man of Caleb deliver me up into the into his hand? Will Saul come down as thy servant hath heard? O Lord God of Israel, I beseech thee, tell thy servant. And the Lord said, He will come down. Then said David, Will the men of Caleb deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, They will deliver thee. And the pressure just continually builds and builds and builds. Till David finally said, You know what? The best thing for me to do is just to move in with our most hated enemies. If you'd have told David, sometime before this, David, it's going to get so bad, yeah, you're going to send your parents over to Moab, another enemy nation, to see if they can find safety there. And then, David, the day's going to come. When you're going to get so distraught that you are going to contemplate, and not only that, you will move in to the country of Philistia. He would have looked at you and said, You've got to be crazy. Right. Sure, he would have. You know how many of their soldiers I have killed? Right. Remember, I killed their hero, Goliath. How in the world can I go and dwell in safety in the land of Philistia? It happens just that way. And Achish receives David and his men. They are given a little community called Ziklag. That's right. 
And for about 14 months, about 16 months, I think it was a year and four months, right, exactly. David lives with the Philistines. Now, as Pastor pointed out, Saul sought him no more. That pressure was taken away. But here's this new pressure, Brother Playa. Living in the very midst of his enemies. Living a life of deception for 16 months. Doing things that he does not let Akesh know that he is doing. Involved in things. And I'm sure it spoke David. And I'm sure there were questions Sure, there were many nights when he went to bed and he thought about Samuel pouring the oil over his head. Being said that I'm going to be the next king. And his promise, his dream seems so far away. Amen. It seemed, no, it's not going to happen. Amen. It's not going to happen. But oh, he was a man deep in the Old Testament uh, that got something in his heart. Uh, amen. And said, uh, I don't know everything about my God. I can't understand, but I do know one thing. Uh, my God is not a liar. Amen. My God is not a liar. I don't understand the predicament I find myself in at this time. Uh, amen. But I'm going to wrap my life around that promise. Uh, amen. That one day, uh, though everything says no, it's not going to happen. Uh, amen. I believe it will. Can I tell somebody here today, uh, you may be in the depths of despair. You may be down as far as you can go. Between a rock and a hard place. And the enemy is telling you no. The promises of God are never going to happen in your life. And circumstances scream out to you. It's not going to happen. Can I tell you? Wrap yourself around the promise of God. Hallelujah. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. I don't care what's happening. I'm going to trust the promises of God. And the day that David dreaded really came to pass. The lords of the Philistines, I believe there were five of them, were called together to go out in battle against Israel. Achish thought David was in his back pocket. Come on. He's my servant. He'll be my servant for as long as he lives. And so he tells David, bring your men. We're going up and we're going to do battle against the Israelites. What do I do, Brother Joe? Mercy. My, my flesh and blood. My people. And now I'm expected to go out and fight with them. But when they all get together, the other four lords look and who's that with Akish? You know, it sure looks a lot like David. And then they realize it is David. And these lords of the Philistines come against Akish and said, What are you doing? What is he doing here? And Achish tries to convince them and tell them he's on our side, blah, blah, blah. And those Philistines say, no, 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 no. We get out there in battle and we're going to have the Israelites before us and David behind us? No, no, no. He is not coming. And so Achish has to go to David, tell him, I'm sorry, David. But the other lords of the Philistines don't want you. 
David said, my own enemies don't want me. <laughs> Nobody wants me. And so David and his men head back to Ziklag. Friend, I don't know if we know what it really is to be between the rock and the hard place. I know I've never been where David was. I've never been there. So David and his men head back to Ziklag and come up over a hill and over above on the horizon of a couple of hills over. Maybe at first they thought it was a cloud, but closer they got, they, they smelled smoke. Fire. And they come where they can finally look down into Ziglad. And there's nothing but ashes. Nothing. The Amalekites have come and totally destroyed the community. And of course, they think the worst. Really, plant my emotions have been on a roller coaster this last week. <laughs> there are times, Brother Trace, I'm on the top of the world, they get a good report, you know. Then the enemy comes and starts throwing all this junk, and man, I just, I'll admit to you, I don't stay up there, I just plunge down. <laughs> Think the worst. Well, they thought the worst. They thought their livestock, their family, their wives and children had all been killed. But when they get down there, they somehow discover that no, the Amalekites just destroyed the city and they've taken our wives, our children, our cattle, our sheep, and have fled with them. And the Bible says something. The Bible says that David and his men lifted up their voices and they wept. And the Bible said they didn't just weep. He said, says they wept till there was no more power in them to weep. They're walking through the streets of Ziklag, ashes being thrown into the air, settling down on them, mixing with their tears. David just sits down. God, what more can happen? Surely, surely. This is the bottom of the barrel. No, David, it's not the bottom of the barrel. Because as David's sitting there in his song, he is greatly distressed when he hears his own men talking about stoning you. It's David's fault we find ourselves in this predicament. Those men that came to him, those that were in death, distressed and discontented, distressed and discontented. Those original 400 men, I guess it may be gone up to 600 now. Those original 400 men that he accepted, his best friends, now turn on him. Talk about stoning. I don't think David was saying, this is the day, nope. this is the day that nope. I will rejoice now. I'm sure David was saying something like, gloom, despair, agony on me, deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I have no luck at all. And we chuckle and laugh. What are you going to do?
this past week. And his wife. I can't put in words. He walked through the door and I just fell out his shoulder weeping and crying. He admitted that he was interceding in the spirit. Oh, just lifted me up. You find people who have accepted my wife and I into this beautiful congregation and made us feel so at home and treated us so well and just bestowed upon us so many things. I, I can't in words tell you what that means to me. But from the depths of my heart, I am so thankful for you. My youngest daughter that sits there, what a pillar of strength she's been for her daddy. Both my granddaughters, Ellis and Kara, God just worked so beautifully. A week ago Saturday, Kara works in the hospital in Fairbanks. They had a patient that had to be brought down to, to Anchorage. <clears throat> And so a nurse a week ago Friday was going to fly down with her, but those plans all shattered. And so they asked Kara, said, Kara, could you? And Kara had worked some overtime. She was tired. She said, no, no, I really don't want to. But she said, if you can't find anybody, all right, I'll do it. And God took care of it that they couldn't find anybody else. And so Kara flies down. And she is with me every day. And you know, medical jargon, a lot of it goes right here. Or here and here. I, I, I don't know. But Kara understood it. Would explain to me, Papa, this is what's happening. There was somebody there for me with a plan. David didn't have anybody. He didn't have anybody. His parents were miles away. He didn't have anybody. Oh, the people from across this country have been calling and texting and, oh, Brother Church, and encouraging words. David didn't have one encouraging Nothing. word. No one. So what are you going to do, David, sitting there in the dust and the ashes of Ziglag? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Hallelujah. I still remember the promise. Praise God. And if there's nobody here to encourage me in the Lord, I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. I've got enough of God in me. Hallelujah. Satan, I don't care what you throw at me. I can encourage myself in the Lord. Oh, friends, today we're here, and I can tell you there may be times it seems nobody is there. Quit sucking your thumb. Amen. Get on your feet. Square your shoulders and just encourage yourself in the Lord. Good point. Good preaching. Good preaching. Amen. Amen. Last I checked, he said, Lo, I am with you all. Always. What? Always. Always. Even to the end of the world. So it doesn't matter what the circumstances are saying. Doesn't matter that I'm wallowing in the ashes of Ziglag. <laughs> doesn't matter. It, does, it seems like nobody's here with me. God's here with me. The Lord's here with me. Really, you don't know what it's all about until you've gone through your ziglag and you've had times when you've had to just encourage yourself in the Lord. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Oh, David, those 400, 600 men said, we're with you. We're with you. 
They eventually left. They they forsook. And after encouraging himself in the Lord, he inquires of the Lord. He doesn't just go off on a tangent. No. Get the high priest. Get that F out of here. And let's let's inquire of the Lord. And uh, David inquired at the Lord, saying, shall, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? Now, time out. God, you see what I've been through here the last 12 to 15 years. And you're the almighty God. You know, we read of battles where hailstones were cast down from heaven on the enemy more died from the hailstones and the soldiers killed him God you can do anything you can do everything God why don't you just take care of the problem and bring them back no shall I pursue And you know, the Lord doesn't have to say a whole lot to say a whole lot. He just said one word, pursue. Pursue. Amen. Again, what had David done to get in this position? He hadn't done a thing, friend. <laughs> he was living for God the best of his ability. Doing what is right. But can I tell you sometimes when we're doing what's right and we know what to do, we're not aware of it, but the enemy kind of creeps in. Oh, yeah. Come on. Amen. And, and takes some precious things from us. Come on. And then flees. Yeah. Isn't that the truth, huh? Good. You pursue David, you're going to overtake and you're going to get everything back. Everything. Good. 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 And so... David didn't say, well, let's get a good night's rest. No. no. So let's go. <laughs> Sick him. Thief <laughs> broke into the house. Started to put things in his bag. He turns around the corner. Here's two big Dobermans sitting there. Wow. Okay. I know it wasn't. It was a, two parents. And the parrot looks at the thief and starts squawking. Thief, 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 thief. But nobody comes, so he continues and parrot squawking. Thief, thief. There were two Dobermans sitting in the corner. Finally, the guy turned around and said, Is that the only thing you can say? Is thief, thief. Parrot looked at him and said, Sick him, sick him, sick him. Hallelujah. Yeah, they've taken everything. <laughs> Don't know exactly where they're at, but I'm going to sick them. Hallelujah. Devil, I'm going to sick them. Hallelujah. I'm not just going to let it be this way. Oh, I'll just start all over with you. No, no, no. I'm going to go. Amen. I'm going to go directly into the enemy's camp, and I'm going to get back what the enemy has taken from me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. You've got to pursue him. Amen. Maybe the enemy's coming in and taking away your joy. Come, hey, Come to the house of God and it's just not like it used to be. And you're not aware. The enemy's coming in and stalling your joy. It's time to get on your feet and say, devil, I'm going to get my joy back. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. I may not feel like it, but I'm going to worship I'm going to praise. Family members that aren't sitting in these chairs that used to sit here, for whatever reason, they're gone. No need to bellyache over that and, you know, point fingers here and there. It's time just to pursue. Hallelujah. It's time to get a, get a hold of the horns of the altar. Amen. To rebuke the devil in Jesus' name. They were dedicated to you. They're your children. 
I don't care where they are right now, what they're involved in. My God can reach into the deepest depths of the drug world and bring them out and deliver them. Hallelujah. My God can deliver, amen, from alcoholism. Amen. I said my God can deliver. Amen. Thank God for the programs. But thank God I don't have to look in a mirror every day and say I, I'm, a, I'm an alcoholic even though I've been drunk in 20 years. I was an alcoholic. I was a drug addict. But today, by the grace of God, I'm a child of God because I was willing to pursue. One of the Amalekites had discarded his servant and he got sick. <laughs> Does that tell you something? <laughs> you think the devil loves you? You're crazy. They discard you the drop of a hat. He's done with you. He'll just take you and shake you and throw you off in the corner. you know where the Amalekites are? Yes. Can you lead us to them? Yes. And so, they come close to the camp of the Amalekites. And I mean there were guards everywhere. Spread abroad on all the earth. No. They were spread abroad. What were they doing? Eating, drinking, and dancing. Because of the spoil. They were having one party. And they thought, you know, what we accomplished, there is no way. <laughs> no way they're going to come after us. And, and no way they're going to get back what we took. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. David doesn't come up to the camp and say, let's take a little break here now and strap your sword on. Here we go. Hallelujah. And they went breaking into that camp. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Right. Amen. Amalekites being slain left and right. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. And after the battle, amen, they recovered all. They recovered all. I don't want just a quarter of it. I don't want a half of it. I don't want three quarters. I want it all back, devil. Amen. I said I want it all back. My friend, you got to do the pursuing. Come on. Come on. That's right. You got to do the pursuing. But if you do it, you'll recover all. Come on. As we stand. Mr. Player, let's put verse 19 on there. Hold on. Nothing lacking, small or great. <laughs> Sons, daughters, spoiled, anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. Yes, sir. Now, now you're going to see the man after God's own heart. Yeah. As they pursued, there were. Was it 200 of them? 200, yeah, the 200 that came to a brook and they were just too tired to go on. Come on. Wore on. And so they stayed. And when David and his men got back to them, his men said, now they're not getting anything. Oh, we'll let them have their wives and children back. But this spoiled it. David said, quit talking like that. Come on. It very easily could have been you yes. that had stayed behind. Yes. No, there we're going to share with them right. everything we got. Praise the Lord. But not only that, David said, you know what? All those people that turned on me, residents of Caleb, others that I thought were my friends, 
You know why? We're... Can we go on 22? unto the elders of Judah, even to his friends, saying, Behold, a present for you of the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. That's just not our nature. Our nature saying, No, they don't get anything. <laughs> no, David said, Here, I want to share with you what God's given me. Hallelujah. We can't keep this inside these four walls. Hallelujah. We've got to go and share, share. People that maybe have slammed doors in your face. People that have maybe cursed you out. I remember knocking at a door on a door years ago doing outreach. Amen. And knocked and knocked. And, you know, I just stayed there. And suddenly the door opened and the disheveled man, hair everywhere, looked at me. And, oof. Gave my little spiel, you know. He said, you woke me up just to tell me that? Come on. Bam! The door was slammed. Yeah, I'm going to share. I'm going to share. Does anybody feel like pursuing some things? Amen. Anybody? Anybody? Come on. Has the devil come in? You're not aware of it and taking some things out of your life that you really are missing. Uh, and you've been praying and praying and this preacher has come to you to tell you today, hey, come on, let's pursue. Let's pursue. Anybody want to pursue some things? Come on, this altar is open. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. I'm going to pursue. I'm going to get back what the enemy took from me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Greater is he that's in me than he's that's in the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.